Uh, as we get this, uh, as we get this whole thing started in Strathmore, I it's been in my heart that there's we we've been pushing, we've been moving forward, and there's some things that we need to accomplish in our own lives, and 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 steps that we need to take that need to go forward, and so. I, I've been coming to Timothy a lot through the summer, and as I've been thinking about being all in, uh, I wanted to uh, bring you this this message, and uh, it's an interesting one, and so hold on and stay with me, and let's go with it. So you and I are on the planet. We're in this point in history with a divine purpose, with this incredible call on our lives, it's not an accident. It's a divine appointment that you're here, that you're here right now for such a time as this. Lives depend on you being who Jesus meant you to be. I need you to know that. Lives depend on you being who you need to be. Friday night, um, I, I was just, we, we were sort of relaxing and we didn't have any activity that night. And so I, I just... All day I'd been thinking of this individual, and I, I just thought, I need to text him. And so I, I sent him a note. I haven't seen him for a while. And uh, uh, just sent him a note and said, listen, I've been thinking of you. I've been praying. And this is the verse that God gave me for you today. And he writes back, and he said, all day I've been struggling to wonder if God really exists. And your note proves to me that he does, that he knows where I am. And Lives depend on you being who Jesus meant you to be. And so we're, we're sent to heaven, by heaven to make a difference, to alter the course of people's stories, to, to sent to love the unlovable, sent to bring hope to those who have forgotten what hope looks like, to introduce lonely people to the incredible friendship that comes out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I am a person that sees the church with incredible optimism. I, I, I am very well aware of, of faults and flaws, and I believe that the church universal, but more importantly, the church locally, the local gathering of people who make up the church is in a process, is becoming who we're supposed to be, who we were meant to be. Part of the process is an understanding of our dedicated purpose. I asked the media people to put a, a picture of two valuable items up on, the, up on the title slide this morning, and there's a Swiss Army knife, and it's one of those things that falls into the category of, of jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You can cut fabric, you can tighten screws, you can whittle wood, you can open bottles and cans, you can perform elementary surgery, and you can inscribe the name of your true love on the trunk of a tree if you have a Swiss Army knife. It's a wonder tool. But because of its bulk and its difficulty getting through airport security, you often don't, it doesn't show up in the places you need it. When you need it, you think, where is that thing, you know? If I have my wallet, my keys, and my phone, I think I've done pretty well. I can't be bothered with, where's my Swiss Army knife? But, but you find a medical person who doesn't have the tools of their trade with them constantly, and you will find someone who's running looking for a stethoscope. Because work can't be done properly without that dedicated instrument. It's, it's, got, a, it's got a unique and definite use, and, and you can't do a lot of things without it. It's so important. 
And, and the veteran of Christian life and ministry, Paul, sits down and he writes to his apprentice. He writes with great love, with great affection. And, and he's installed young Timothy into the past, as the pastoral leader of, of the church at Ephesus. And, and the mentorship that once was done face-to-face is now done and carried out through letters of instruction and encouragement. And, and Paul says to the young men, you have a dedicated purpose. You are not a jack-of-all-trades that attempts to do everything in the hopes of making people happy. 2 Timothy is where we're at. 2 Timothy chapter 2 is where the letter gets specific, where the letter gets pointed. Timothy, Paul writes with all of his heart, My dear son, the man that I've raised up to be who you are, son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ. Be strong. There's a significant relationship between the two. There's this deep trust that's been tested, that's been proven over and over and over again. And the older says to the younger, this call that has been placed on your life is not an easy one. It's not an easy one. And he didn't even live in a place where there was snow. But I want you to know, he says, it's not an easy one. You're swimming against the current. You're living counterculture, and it's not easy. And it's not just people that make it complex and difficult, but but there's problems. There's things that come across your path. There are powers, there are authorities that are completely opposed to what you stand for, for what you say, for how you live, and for what you teach. And they're going to do whatever they can, and they will stop at nothing to push you back, to silence your voice, to crush your influence, to make you quit. But this strength, this endurance isn't found in your own power. There needs to be a strength that's found in you that will not quit, Paul says to Timothy that doesn't know the meaning of walking away. Timothy, I need you. I need you to be strong. I need you to be resilient. I need you to to be steadfast. I need you to have the ability to keep on going even when everything you encounter is pushing you back and attempting to make you quit. He says, this strength, this, this ability to endure isn't the result of strong willpower. This endurance comes from from God through your relationship in Christ Jesus. It's a a grace. It's a divine gift of God-given strength. But the strength has to come every day. Timothy, at, at the start of each day, allow God to give you new strength. Allow him to empower you, to give you insight, to give you insight as to how to be most effective today. Those are amazing words on a Sunday morning to hear, but on a Monday morning when the snow is piled high and the car won't start and you have a fever and the rasping cough and you forgot to take something out of the freezer to thaw for supper, how does the need to be strong and resilient work practically? Timothy had been with Paul for long enough to know that his mentor was not talking theory. 
He, he had known that Paul had been imprisoned, that he had been falsely accused, that he'd been beaten, that he'd been stoned with rocks and, and, and thrown out of cities and had had numerous assassination attempts on his life. So, so this was a man that was not talking about endurance from the comfort zone of some ivory tower. In fact, at the very moment that he's writing this, Paul is in, in a dungeon in a Roman prison, and this is the last letter that he sends out. So Timothy, do everything to get your strength from God so that, so that you can power through the opposition, so that you can endure the persecution, the hatred that will be leveled at you by the enemies of God. Verse 2, you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Again, this is so important that we capture this because there's a plan, and you've been chosen to be an intricate part of this, this plan to perpetuate and participate in faith. Timothy, you know how I believe. You've, you've been with me. You, you know what I believe and how I believe. You've, you've heard the things that I've taught, and, and you've been close enough to see that it not only works, but it's worked in Jewish communities as well as in Gentile communities. It, it's been owned and lived out in the homes of the rich and the privileged as well as the poor and the downtrodden. You've seen its power demonstrated and have seen incredible transformation in the lives of people. I remind you, Timothy, that I'm not at all ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God packed into to a message that transforms lives dramatically. You've seen this. You've experienced it. You know it to be true. And, and I'm at the end of my mission assignment and so I commission you, young man, to, to find strong, trustworthy, dependable people to teach and, and to pass on what you, you know so that when they turn around and pass it on to others, it just grows and continues to have its influence. You're part of the plan. The call that's on your life cannot continue if you quit, if you, if you don't endure. There's been a plan, it's been working for two millennia, and it is passed on to a new and vibrant generation of believers because you did not quit, because you did not give up, you've never walked away. Make sure that your story, Timothy, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of endurance, one of strength, one of standing tall and strong in God. It's not a myth that is perpetuated by bedtime stories. It was a truth that was multiplied by people who lived out and gave their lives to vibrantly portray the transformation power of the gospel. Verse 3, the verse you want to have as a devotion today, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endurance is the ability to withstand difficulty, opposition, persecution, and not to give up. Every time you've been pushed down, you get up. Every time you oppose, you've been opposed, you, you love through. You see, we, we have this problem in our culture. It's, it's the belief that if it's not easy, if it's not convenient, if it's not simple, then it's not valuable. Why would you buy the rice that you have to cook for 
45 minutes when you can have the minute rice. We, we, we don't talk about it much if it's hard. But every January, gym memberships are sold by the thousands. And, and the first week of January, you have to get up at an ungodly hour to find a machine that's available. But if you just wait till Valentine's Day, you can walk in any time, day, night, afternoon, and find something that's available. Because it's hard to get up. It's, it's, it's hard to, to get in that car when it's 35 below. And, and, and Paul doesn't sugarcoat the truth. Timothy, your call is not an easy one. It, it has enemies. It comes tied to suffering. It requires that you have endurance, the ability to withstand difficulty and opposition without giving up. And Timothy, when I was called by God to do what I do, the man who delivered the message to me said, God will show you how much you must suffer for his sake. I, I'm writing this letter from the discomfort of a dungeon, and, and most likely my life will come to an end in this place. I am the poster child for suffering for the cause. And I'm telling you, be a good soldier. Don't give up. Prepare to be ready for a rough ride. Like I said, that's why you got up and came through the snow to get here to get that juicy little tidbit of devotional wonder. Prepare for suffering. Verse 4, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them if they do. As Paul is writing this letter, He's being watched over. He's being guarded by, by Roman soldiers. He, he's getting to sit back and watch what they do and how they do it with, with precision. Men who have been trained, men who have experienced some of the most difficult battle situations, some of the most rigorous training, but were also at the time the most fierce and powerful army in the world, controlling from, from the British Isles through France, Spain, Northern Africa, Greece, and through to the Middle East. For 400 years, they knew how to endure hardship. And so Paul is sitting here looking at, at his guard, learning from them. And he, and he pulls the lessons, and he'd, he'd analyzed the success of the Roman Empire and took the lessons away that the guard that stood in front of him had, and, and he passed them on to Timothy, and he said, the power of the Roman army is the focus that they have on the mission that they've been given. The, the rank-and-file soldier doesn't in, indulge in bistro night on Mondays at the local pub or take needlepoint class at the city library on Tuesday, or attend all the concerts at the arena, or have season tickets to the rugby matches on Friday. He's a self-disciplined, single-minded man who has given himself to unquestioning obedience of his commanding officer. And as a result, they are a world power that has, has so much power in the world that very few people are willing to, to challenge them or fight them. In fact, when they see the Roman army coming, they just surrender. They, they put up the white flags. They open the, the gates and let them come in. I can see, I can hear people looking at one another and saying, did he just say I can't go to the library? 
Did he say that concerts aren't allowed? Is, is he saying that he's against sports or bistro nights? No, I, I'm not against all of that. Paul is saying that if, if you're going to be effective to your call, you can't be a Swiss army knife, but you have to think in terms of being one who's called for a dedicated purpose, and that if I don't fulfill my purpose, lives will be lost. Verse 5, he, he talks about the soldier, and now he talks about the athlete. Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Rome was a city highly regarded for its discipline at one point in time. It, it wasn't just the soldiers, it was the, the athletes as well who took part in the Olympic Games. Participants that showed up had to prove to the officials that they had trained diligently for at least 10 months before the Games began. But they also had to be aware of the rules that governed the sport. To violate the rules meant that you would be instantly disqualified from the competition and that all of the training, all of the 10 months that you'd put in preparing to receive the crown that said you were the, the, the best in that sport would be lost. And you would walk away not in defeat but in shame because you didn't know the rules. You violated them. Timothy... Imagine having trained for a year or so and then in the early rounds of the competition be disqualified because you didn't know, didn't follow, didn't obey the rules. You, you, you panic, you, you, you get desperate, you violate the code of competition just to get the edge and, and the ref comes and taps you on the shoulder and shows you the door. Timothy, I need you to be a disciplined man doing what God has required of you. I, I, I need you to be a man who is trained and practices self-control so that you're not taken out because you lose your head or your emotions get the best of you. I need you to be tough enough, strong enough to endure the rigors of the call that God has placed on you. Your call is an intentional, glad surrender to the mission that God has put on your life. Timothy, know the rules. Know the requirements that are in the book. Live according to what God has asked of you. Obey them so that you're not disqualified. Talks about the soldier, the athlete, and now he talks about the farmer. Verse 6, the hardworking farmer should, should be the first to enjoy the fruit of his, his labor. Paul, Paul puts the emphasis on the word hardworking. Not a slack, fair-weather person who shows up when it's convenient, when it's pleasant, when the, when the weather outside is beautiful. I had a quick trip out of town yesterday, and, and the snow had stopped the farm machinery from picking up the, the crops as they were meant to do. And the wind was blowing, and it was minus four, and, and the snow was not fluffy little flaky stuff, but it, it felt like frozen bullets hitting against the, the windshield. And I, I passed a field, and there was a farmer working in the open field on his equipment in the most inclement weather so that when the snow stops, when the sun dries the crops out, he's ready to roll. He's ready to pick up quickly the grain and get it to storage before real winter comes. 
And his diligence in doing what is right, even when it's not convenient, will ensure that at the end of the season, the grain will be taken to market and the market will pay him for his product. And there will not only be seed for next year, but perhaps even a warm weather vacation somewhere. Three pictures that that Paul gives to Timothy to help him to understand that the secret of spiritual success, the ability to carry out the mission that God has given him, is found in discipline, is found in in hard work and focus on the purpose that we have in God. But Bill, why did you choose this Sunday when we're here to celebrate new things in Strathmore? Why why did you choose this sort of heavy thing about discipline and endurance and suffering and Why didn't you go to spiritual breakthrough and victorious declarations about our future and our strength? Well, we've been there. We've we've talked about those things. And we're we're incredibly happy about what we're going to do this afternoon and, and how we're going to launch this thing. But, you know, I believe that breakthrough comes because we know how to endure, how to stand fast, how to keep pushing when we're, when we're opposed. You see, we're going into a town that nobody invited us to. There, there wasn't letters that poured into my office that, oh, you know, we've dreamt for so long for a C3 church to come. Would you, would you consider coming? There are... There are forces that are grumbling and angry that we're showing up. You take your roadshow somewhere else. Don't bring it here. When we say we're all in, it's more than just talk. It's a stubborn endurance that states, I know that I'm in a battle, and God being my help, I will not back down. I will not allow myself to grow weary and give up on my mission. Those who are in the battle for, for Strathmore this week, they, they know. They know what it's like. Everything that could be thrown at, you know, you just, it's, it's a week where you think, okay, I'm going to get a call and somebody's going to say, hey, listen, it was a good idea, but I'm opting out. I'm thankful that they know how to endure. That, they, that they've said, no, we're, we're going to go through. Paul knows that Timothy has his hands full. He, he, he's the pastor of a church that's not known as the easiest congregation to pastor. I mean, I, I mean it's not as bad as pastoring Corinth, but, but Timothy has lawless men who have shipwrecked their faith, has people that want results without doing the preparation work, has a, has a shortage of good leaders, has heretics showing up for public service and causing difficulties and divisions, has a diverse cultural and socioeconomic crowd that have various needs and difficulties as well as as doing all of this in a culture that isn't appreciative or uh, tolerant of the message that, that he lives, that he preaches. And so Paul adds this component to to his work and he says, listen, you have to endure. You have to build the strength to keep going. Develop the self-discipline, the obedience, the ability to focus on the mission to an already difficult assignment. Paul says to Timothy, I want you to read what I've written here for a few times, and then I want you to sit back. 
I, I, I want you to sit back and, and just allow God to speak to you about what it means in your life. I want you to reflect on what I'm saying, and the Lord will come to you, and he'll help you understand what that means and what that looks like, and God will make sure that you get the picture of what it's to be. And that's true for you, and it's true for me. I, I want you to take this portion of Scripture, and I want you to sit with it and, and, and just wrestle it through. But I, I also want to help you quickly this morning. We're going into new territory as a church today. We've taken some of our best, some of our most devoted and dedicated leaders, and we've set them up in a new city and said, let's build a church in that city that, that isn't really begging to have us come. Let, let's create a hunger. Let's, let's instill a desire, a place of safety and refuge for a people that don't even know or think that they need what we have. That's a big assignment. Then here at home, in this location, we're going to have some holes because these people have helped, they've led, they've served, and we need to fill those holes with faithful, dedicated, trustworthy people who are committed to the mission that we hold here in Northeast Calgary, that we would see people transformed through relationship in Jesus Christ. That's the mission. From a very human perspective, from a marketing perspective, all of that is insanity. It's a lose-lose it's a venture. In, in, in a time and in a place where we're constantly told that the church is outdated and ir- irrelevant and unneeded, and, and the simple thing would be to retreat from, from what we're doing in advancing forward, but secretly retreat and, and hide out and just quietly wait until Jesus comes back for his church and hope that it's quickly and that it doesn't get too messy before he comes. But we have this guaranteed promise. In the last days, says all-knowing God, I will pour out my spirit and the supernatural will be regular and your sons and your daughters will boldly declare the word of truth and there will be signs and wonders. There will be miracles, occurrences that people will come and call out for help and everyone who cries out will be saved. That's what happens if we don't give up, if we endure. That picture can only come to pass if we, the church, return to the dedicated mission that we have been called to. Jesus made it clear that there is no shortcut. That there's no hiring someone to stand in line. Over, over here is a brand new restaurant that opened this week. And, and if you were one of the 50 first people who ordered $25 or more, you got free chicken for a year. And people like that. But they went out and hired people for $15 an hour to stand in line. And Jesus says, that <laughs> we don't do that in the kingdom. You can't come to Brad and say, hey, listen, will you, will you pray for me for an hour instead of me praying? Here's 15 bucks. There is no shortcuts. There is no shortcuts. Brad, have you been asked to pray for 15 bucks? Like, no. <laughs> you know? We have this guaranteed word. There's no shortcut. There's there's no hiring people to stand in line. He he spoke clearly. Paul spoke clearly, pointedly, not only to his contemporaries, but to hear, hear to us this morning. And Jesus speaks clearly to us this morning. 
when, and we use this verse when we, when we talked first about being all in. But here it is from Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to all of his followers, If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely, embrace my cross as your own, and surrender to my ways. You must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own. Surrender to my ways. Church, in order for us to be the powerful, loving, miracle entity that we're called and meant to be, we can't be half-hearted about it. We, we can't be casual about it. We have to go back to the disciplines of Christian life. We, 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 we have to go back to the Word. Martin Luther said that we need to be in this Word every day because this Word seeps out of our lives every day and we lose it. The Word has to be consumed and has to be lived out by us. If we hope to stand, if we hope to make a difference, then we have to be. We have to be a people of prayer. People who believe that prayer changes situations, changes circumstances, and so we pray. If, if we're to be who the church is really meant to be, then we need to be dedicated to the mission, connected to one another, and, and ready to endure the hardship together so that our community can be transformed. We're going into Strathmore the week after at a high school party, private party, three, three kids took a mystery substance and were rushed to the hospital, and this weekend one of them died. It's a city that has needs. And if we're going to break through there, if we're going to be what we need to be there, if we're going to be what we need to be here, then we have to be like the soldier who is intent on following with precision the order of the captain. We, we, we have to be the athlete who knows the rules and plays within them. We have to be the farmer who, even when it's inconvenient, sets his face and says, no matter what, that harvest is coming in. No matter what. I'm all in. I, I, I'm so aware of how important it is to be the church right now. So aware, so committed to the mission that, that I'm, I'm ready to do life, ready to do ministry God's way, to disown my life demands and expectations and to embrace his cross, to surrender to the work that's in front of us, to do it his way. Will you bow your heads with me, please?